All right, everyone, good morning. If you could grab your donuts and top off your, your drinks, and we'll get started. First, round of applause for our host, Kevin Fithian. Way to go, thank you, Kevin. Thanks to uh, Casey and David, De Jesus, and Maria Williams for coming down and helping set up. There's Maria. There's the De Jesuses. There they are. And thanks to Kim for being our beetle today. Thank you, Kim White. If any of you, it looks like we're all signed up for two weeks from now, so we've got everyone committed. If that needs to change, please check this before you go. But we do need a beetle for two weeks from now. So before you go today, if you want to sign up for that, remember you get, you get service hours. So thanks. We're going to get started. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of stuff. I know it's been a long morning already and I know there's a Chiefs game. So we're going to get, we're going to get you out of here on time. I promise. Uh, our goal, my goal is for these meetings to be less than 45 minutes uh, each Sunday. So mass went long today. So and this is going to be an issue but we'll, we'll do our best. Let's start with a quick prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us together today, for blessing these families with a generous willingness to sacrifice their time in pursuit of uh, these good things that they desire for their families, for their marriages, for their children. Uh, help our time here to bear fruit in time and in eternity, all these intentions and the many intentions we carry in our hearts today, all those who have asked us to pray for them, those who can't be with us here but are with us in spirit, we lift them up through the intercession of our Blessed Mother. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, here's my talk today. Remember, we're writing a portrait together, and I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you something to look at, and to review, and to criticize, and to comment on. I want your input. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to test the waters a little bit. It's going to be challenging thought and a challenging set of practices, but I'm excited about it. First, before I get into that, I love leverage. I love things that give me leverage. Leverage, right, is, it's a, it, I come across it in terms of like finance, the, the, the finance industry where you're trading with borrowed money to give you more exposure to assets. But leverage, what is it? It's, it's something where you, you, by using less effort, can accomplish a lot. Right? We're always looking for things that give us leverage to accomplish more than what we put into them. I think a great example of great leverage is chickens. Chickens are amazing leverage. Hey. I, what, how many things can combine in one fell swoop, having a pet, and saving you trips to the grocery store? <laughs> and maybe supplying for dinner in case you need a surprise uh, meal, right? How many people spend money on pets that don't ever lay eggs for them? <laughs> My pets give me something. <laughs> it's very, it's, it's leverage. The time that I spend on chickens benefits me in more ways than just one. Okay, that's a silly example. But we have lots of examples of that in life. We're always looking for things that give us leverage to accomplish more than the, than the effort and time that we put into them. And what I'm presenting today is what I think is the most 
leveraged activity that our families can do. And it's called a celebration of the Lord's Day. Now, this little um, packet we've put together is a set of, uh, basically a set of prayers. And we're going to practice it today together. We're going to introduce your kids to it at school. We're going to practice it in the classroom so that we all get on the same page about what we can do as a family to keep holy the Lord's Day. I think Lord's Day is a leverage that accomplishes a lot more than we put into it. And what is it? Lord's Day is, it's a day where we set aside for God's purposes a time of entering into his rest. That's what Sunday's supposed to be. But how, for how many of us is Sunday actually that? Sunday in our culture is part of the weekend. And Sunday ends up being the end of the weekend where you do all the cleanup, the getting ready, the chores that didn't get done. You're getting ready for work, you're getting ready for school. There's a lot of pressure. 74% of families in the United States were polled and responded that they experience anxiety, an intense anxiety on Sunday night. Have you ever felt anxiety on Sunday night? That's compared to approximately 46% of the population in other countries than the United States. We suffer from overwork. We suffer from too much activity. We suffer from distraction and dissolution. This is because we don't really have an experience of Sunday. We've lost it. How many of you remember a time when it was illegal for businesses to be open on Sunday? Think of that. Think of that. Think about the people who wouldn't have to work on Sunday. That's the real concern, right? We end up spending a lot of time on buying and selling and enjoying things on Sunday, but that also causes people to work, right? I drive by Walmart on Sunday evening and I see all those lights on and I see that parking lot half full and I think, man, all those people should be home with their families. Shame on us for making them work, right? So, I don't mean, I don't, that's too strong, shame on us. But, hey, wouldn't it be great if we all just, we don't have to make a law. We can just do it, right, to, to the extent that we're able. Some of us don't have that freedom because of, our, because of our jobs. Some of us, well, there's always been examples of people who had to work on Sundays because they keep things going. They take care of the sick, right? We got some, we got some law enforcement here too. So, hey, all those things got to keep going. But for those of us that do have that freedom, why not? Why not? And not just clear a space, but also dedicate it to what it's for. And that's what we'd like to talk about today. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. That's what I think the scriptures mean by leverage. When we follow God's law, we get leverage. Because when we obey his commands for us, all kinds of good things happen as the result. We get more back than we put in. So how many activities do you as a family know of that strengthen your marriage, create quality time for you and your kids, bring peace and calm into your life, help you manage your destructive habits in a healthy way, and help your kids with reading, comprehension, and public speaking? 
That's my claim. That's even better than chickens. That's my claim, that this practice that we're introducing is going to do those things. It's going to help strengthen your marriages. It's going to help your relationship with God. I didn't mention that, sorry. It's going to help your relationship with God. It's going to build up your family life and help you spend quality time with your kids in a structured way that they can look forward to. It's going to help keep you peace, peaceful and calm and manage your destructive habits. And it's going to help your kids with reading, comprehension, and public speaking. That's what the celebration of the Lord's Day is all about. So can I get my beetle to come forward and distribute these little packets here? We've printed off copies of this. And Kim, if you want to get help too, that's fine. Let's do, for, for the sake of, I'll keep this one. Uh, let's do two per family to start. I didn't know how many to expect today. But the idea is, this is a dialogue, and you're going to have a leader and an assistant. You're going to have a leader and responses from everyone else following along. Most of you are going to be able to do this with two. We'll make you more if you want. We can make as many of these as you need. But I ran short on time and help, so this is what we got to start. Celebration of the Lord's Day. This is a manual family prayer. What we'd like to do is to have families start doing this on a weekly basis, either on Sunday itself or on Saturday night as a way of setting aside the following day for God. So the great time to do this is maybe if you go to 4 p.m. Mass on Saturday, come home and do it. Or if you make Saturday dinner, you get home from work as a way of kind of bringing in the, the, the Lord's Day that you're going to set aside. You can do this ceremony together. It shouldn't take any more than 10 minutes. But it'll become familiar over time. I think it's something, okay, we've got plenty more. So I'm going to leave them up here, and you get to take as many as you want, okay? Right here. You get to take as many as you want. What this ceremony really is meant to do is to give you a sense, yeah, come on forward, Bella, if you want some more, come and get them, is to give you a sense that this day is different, and it's a day that God has given us, and it's a day that we're going to keep holy. Holy means set apart, sacred. It's not part of the normal run-of-the-mill activity. Yeah, come get any more that you need. Don't be bashful. So the idea is you have an assistant, you have a leader, and then you have everyone's response. You can find a candle and set, create a little spot in your, in your home, either in your living room or in your kitchen table if you want. It doesn't have to be a, um, a dedicated space. But set up that spot for you to get together and spend some time in prayer and reflection and thanksgiving. And this format will, allow, will help you do that. Um, you're going to need something to drink. This suggests wine. That's the customary drink. But you can substitute something else. Juice. Coffee. If you want. Grape juice. Whatever, whatever, whatever works for you and your family. Feel free to adapt these things. It's not a rigid thing that you have to follow. But something to evoke God's blessings and goodness. And then a, some bread. A loaf of bread. 
maybe maybe something out of the out of the bakery at uh, High V, right? A loaf of bread, or maybe any of you into sourdough? Maybe you make sourdough. That'd be great to bust that out for your for your Lord's Day, right? So you've got your candle unlit. You've got your wine or other drink. You've got your bread. Now I'm going to take the part of the leader. Who would like to be the assistant today? Maybe a, maybe a boy or girl. Ah. Young at heart. One of you want to want to read the part of the assistant? Any volunteers? No boys and girls? <laughs> She's shaking her. No, no, no. Bella, come on up. Okay. So the idea is you get together, you get your copies. Come on up, Bella. Round of applause for Bella. Ah! <laughs> You get your table set, you get your, we're, we're going to enter in today, and hey, what are we doing? This marks the beginning of our day, our Lord's Day, and this is going to be different. We're not going to do the normal stuff that we do. We're going to put away our phones, we're not going to be talking on the phone, we're not going to be doing other stuff, we're, not, we're, going, to, we're going to focus on being together, okay? And this is a kind of ritual of, of starting that off. So, we don't have our candle here today, but we're going to practice that. So, we begin with the reading from our assistant. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that had been made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay, long passage. Heavenly Father, in honor of your Son, true light of the world and author of life, I am about to kindle the light of the Lord's day. On this day, you raised your Son, Jesus, from the dead and began the new creation. May our celebration of his resurrection with day be filled with your peace and heavenly blessings. Be gracious to us and make your Holy Spirit to dwell more richly among us. Father of mercy, continue your loving kindness towards us. Make us worthy to walk in the way of your Son, loyal to your teaching and unwavering in love and service. Keep far from us all anxiety, darkness, and gloom, and grant that peace, light, and joy ever abide in our home. For in you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. Now. Bella would light the candle, having prayed those opening words. Bonus points for whoever can tell me what we just read. What was the gospel passage that we just read? Close, not Genesis. It's the beginning of the gospel of John. The beginning of the gospel of John. So this is about the light coming into the world. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So the light is kindled and the assistant continues. Blessed are you, Lord our God, who created light on the first day and raised up your Son, the light of the world, to begin the new creation. 
Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has taught us to kindle the light for the Lord's day. Amen. Okay, I think you're done. Good job, Bella. So you see, that's a great... Yes. Now, Bella's a um, seventh grader, but seventh grade, not eighth grade, but you know, a younger kid can work on doing that reading, right? And become familiar with it. Repetition in reading a hard passage is a really great way for kids to learn to read right? and understand what they're reading. Now, brothers and sisters, this is the Lord's day. You respond. Let us welcome it in joy and in peace. Today we set aside the concerns of the week in order to honor the Lord and celebrate his resurrection. Today we cease from our work in order to worship God and remember the eternal life to which he calls us. The Lord himself is with us to refresh and to strengthen us. Let us welcome the Lord among us and give him glory. Let us love one another in Christ. Now, here it says, take time to read the Sunday readings and reflect together on the gospel. That's a chance for you to, uh, if you'd like, spend some time preparing for the next Sunday's Mass. What's the gospel going to be? Let's read it. Have someone read it out loud. Now, if you want to skip this, great. This, if, if, you're, if you're feeling like that's not quite where we're at, great. But it's a great place to insert that, spend some time together as a family. And I'm just going to say, men, I particularly encourage you to run the, the, the organization and take the lead on doing this. Your kids want to see you. They want to see you taking the lead. This is going to make you uncomfortable, but do it anyway. Even if you don't feel like you can do it the right way or the way it should be done, or you don't feel worthy to say those things or to reflect in this way, your family wants you to do it. Do it doesn't mean you have to do it every time. You can share the leadership. Let's rotate it. Let's, let's make it fun. Let's make it interesting. Let's motivate it. But let your kids know. Dad is also, dad is also taking the lead on his spiritual life. Okay? Your kids need to see that. Your wives need to see that. Okay? So, doesn't mean you got to be every time, but make it clear. Like, I'm taking this on. This is my thing just as much as it is mom's thing. Okay? At this point, after you read the readings and talk a little bit about what does that mean to you? What is that like? These are great questions to ask your kids. What does that remind you of? How is the gospel reading today like what happened to you this week? Ask them little provoking questions like that. Boys and girls, does that sound like something interesting that you'd like to do? Talk with your parents about? Yeah. If your parents ask you questions about those readings, you've got to pay attention a little bit closer, don't you? <laughs> so then... The leader will pour wine into a cup, raise it, and pray. Let us praise God with this symbol of joy and thank him for the blessings of the past week, for health, strength, and wisdom, for the discipline of our trials and temptations, for the happiness that has come to us out of our work. Daddy, what's a trial? <laughs> Good question. Let's talk about that. We're going to stop, right, and spend some time on that. We're not going to ram through this thing because we got to get it done. Hey, if there's a question and there's something, an opportunity where you want to relate or explain or teach, take it. Mommy, what's a temptation? 
What does that word mean that we keep hearing every week? Let us thank him this day, especially for the great blessings he has bestowed on us in Christ. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. We who were dead through sin have been brought to life together with Christ and raised with him and made to sit in heavenly places with him. Lord our God, you have brought us into your rest. Now we live with Christ through the Holy Spirit. And we look for the day when we will dwell with him in your everlasting kingdom. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who have created the fruit of the vine. Then, you drink, pass the cup around. Everyone drinks. After all have drank, then break a the leader breaks a piece of the bread off and says, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who bring forth bread from the earth. The bread is passed around, and one by one, everybody, as they tear a piece of bread off the loaf, they share one blessing from the past week. So the leader will start, tear a piece off. What's one thing that you're grateful for from this past week? Tell your whole family, tell everyone there. It can be big, it can be little. It can be, it can be extraordinary, or it can be, I'm just grateful we're all here. What a great thing is that we're here, right? Just take some time to reflect on that and express out loud in one another's presence what you're grateful for. And we're going to do that every single week. Now, this is a fun little thing to adapt. You know, sometimes it's hard to know when that person's done talking. So you want to have a little ritual around, like, what are you going to say to let the next person know you're done? You can say, thanks be to God. You can say, Deo gracias. You can say, gracias a Dios. You can say, happy Lord's Day. You can do whatever you want as a family. You can make up your own little ritual around this. What's your little phrase going to be? Right? To say, I've thanked God. Now it's your turn. They go around the table until everybody does their Thanksgiving. And you want to pay attention to each other during this. right? Because this is everyone sharing their heart. You want to be especially attentive to everyone sharing their heart. That concludes the opening ceremony. Then, at the end, you have this little optional blessing that you can add or omit as you, as you wish. But that, that basic format is the little simple prayer of kicking off your Lord's Day, okay? Now, I'd like for all of you to spend, we're just gonna take five minutes here and go at your tables, take a bite of donut, and, and come up with your little ritual that you're gonna do. I t I'm sensing most of, your families, most of you are families sitting together. But go around the table right now, and either with the person sitting next to you, everyone say one thing that you're thankful for to each other. Sound good? Let's give you five minutes to do that. Five minutes later. Thanks be to God. Beautiful. This, this is just a simple thing. Let's, let's, let's run with it. Let's adapt it as needed, right? Make it work for your family. Um, it, I hope we'll, we'll just open up some conversations and interactions that will bless you and your family. So one of the reasons I want to roll this out is because we have, we're trying to encourage some, some new, I would say, policies around the use of technology at our school and the use of technology by kids 
when they're outside of school. School of Home is really about bridging that gap between school and home and church, really. All three of them together, school, home, church. A threefold sanctuary, so to speak. So the things that we're doing at school, we want to make sure that the stuff happening at church and at home is contributing and helping that. And likewise, things at school and church are helping things at home. We have this year, as many of you know, asked that kids not have devices and phones when they come to school. We don't, we don't want them there. There are certain uh, situations where it may be necessary for communication, but for the most part, Kathy and our staff are really willing to help mediate all that communication you need with your kids during the school day. So we ask that they not bring those devices to school. I'm also asking that they not have access to those devices at home. Now, that includes tablets, smartphones, as much as possible, reducing access to YouTube, watching movies, using the phone as a babysitter. I know it happens. If I were a parent, I know I would be very tempted to do it. It works, doesn't it? It works. <laughs> but here, here's what we're trying to communicate about what we're doing at the school and how home life can contribute to that. I'm gonna give you a little handout here. Kim's got this thing. It's titled, The Lord's Day, also known as Board Day. This is a reflection and some practices of what we're encouraging families to take on in their approach to technology in the home, okay? Boredom. There's no reason to be afraid. There's no reason, no reason to be afraid of boredom, either in ourselves or in our kids. In fact, boredom is one of the key ingredients of wonder. Wonder is what happens when our souls and our minds are given the relaxation, when they're given the breadth and room and, and air to do what they were made to do, to contemplate the beauty and the truth and the goodness of God's creation in our own lives. And we've all experienced how, how just toxic technology is to that reality. I've got a smartphone, I've got a tablet. I try to use these things virtuously, but kids, as sweet, beautiful, and innocent as they are, don't have the capacity to use them well yet, do they? That's, we don't put those things in front of our kids for the same reason that I don't leave the lid off the, the bin of dog food in front of my dog, right? They're gonna, they're just gonna, they're, they don't have any power to control themselves. So we wanna teach them how to do that. And that involves fasting from it, from their formative years. Thank you, Kim. Does everyone have a copy? We got plenty to go around. So here are the practices that we wanna implement. And I want you to take this home and read it and, and come back and we want, I wanna discuss it. I wanna hear your thoughts on it. I wanna hear thoughts on where are your greatest challenges to disciplining yourselves in the use of screens and technology? Because it begins there. I wanna hear your thoughts on the, the resistance that you get from your children. And I wanna hear your thoughts on how we can fill the time profitably that was once spent on technology and screens. 
This is a great freedom. But as I said at the very beginning of this meeting and on various meetings last year, if you as an individual family try to do this, you might have some success for a little while, but you're gonna get worn down and give up after a while. You're gonna get discouraged. But if we as a group, as a, as a school, can do this together, we'll have a much greater likelihood of success. So, how do we present this as not a loss, but a gain? When we set aside these technologies that take up so much of our time and attention, right, we're going to have more time that's available for the important things that we feel like are passing us by in life. Let's not miss out on that stuff. And the money that we save on subscriptions, on devices, well, can we dedicate that to something that my kid might thank me for one day? Music lessons, going hunting or fishing, a bike, taking up a hobby, right? Mechanical work. Hey, let's restore a car together, whatever, you know, like whatever those things are that your interests are. How can we find ways of pursuing those with the freedom that we have now? Because we're not flushing our lives down the social media feed. And there's some guidelines here that I'm developing. Read through those. I want to hear your input. Kids shouldn't have a television in their bedroom. They shouldn't have a gaming console in their bedroom. They shouldn't have a cell phone or a tablet in their bedroom. These things, if we use them, should be spent together. These things should be done together as a family. We listen to music together, we watch a movie together, but we're not off doing our own thing all on our own. And I'd say K through six should have as little access to those things as possible. Middle school kids, that's a different question. They have greater freedom. We need to start teaching them how to be savvy with these things. So maybe a texting phone, a phone that can call, but something with access to the internet, access to social media. Don't give your children those things. Apart from being a luxury, they also undermine our educational work. Why? Apart from the very grave questions of exposure to the, the PRN word, which is real, Average age of exposure to those things is nine. Nine. Apart from that question, which is savagely attacking our kids, there's a deeper question, which is, we only have so much attention in life, and how do we develop this faculty of attention, right? We want our kids to be able to pay attention, to be able to read, to be comfortable being alone, to be able to have some interior resources to, as they say, entertain themselves, right? And that means letting them be bored. I'm fine with you being bored. Actually, I'm bored too. Let's be bored together and do some dishes. <laughs> Let's fold some laundry together and listen to a book. Let's listen to a story, right? Get on Hoopla, download an audiobook, and turn it on and listen to it. How many of you, I, I actually recorded a podcast over the pandemic I was reading a story out for all the kids in our school. So if you get on a podcast network, look up the Christ the King Story Hour, you can listen to the story of Homer adapted for children and families. It's fantastic. It's a great story. I mean, my reading of it was fine, but the story is totally worth your time. Put it on. Listen to it. I have a friend who's listened to it five times through with his kids on the way to and from work. They love it. 
they can't get enough of it. <laughs> um, so look that up or look up any story, anything. Hey, we're going to listen to a story. We're going to turn it on. We're going we're gonna to hang out. Right? Or, hey, we're going to work together on something. If you have already purchased a phone or a tablet or a device for your kids, get rid of it. And if you haven't yet, don't. I know we're looking to Christmas. Don't do it. And if you do need to have, for, the, for them to have a phone, there are manufacturers, and we've listed them here, Lightphone, Gab, that create these intentionally low-tech devices for your kids. If they need one, give them one of those. You can stay in touch that way without being exposed to the more dangerous access on the internet. Here's the thing, and here's what I'll end on. We're not turning the clock back. I don't want to turn the clock back. We can't turn the clock back to a time before these things existed. There's no going back. And our kids need to know how to use these things well in order to function in society. There's no denying it. But precisely in order to teach them how, we need to fill them in these earliest, most formative years of their lives with the kind of experiences and habits that will one day allow them to use these things well without being enslaved by them. These are the virtues and habits that we need to be teaching them now. Let's begin on that journey together and fill some of that time, some of that screen time that we're burning with a little time together on a board day or a Lord's day, whatever you want to call it. Read through this, take it with you. I particularly enjoy these pictures on here. I don't know if you saw that, the very opening picture. I'll end on this note. This is the job of every parent. <laughs> Your kid on a phone about to get a bat in the face and somebody was looking out. Somebody was looking out. That's your job. God bless you in that endeavor. Peace be with you and we'll send you off. Let's conclude with our little blessing after the meal in your booklet. Don't forget, uh, if you need a calendar, these we passed out, these are available here. You can take another copy. Uh, we only had three or four people sign up for the Telegram channel, so if you need to get into Telegram for our updates from School of Home, here are the instructions. And here's a copy of the little attendance sheet. So for those of you that are here just for the first time, uh, this sheet you just fill out with your name and one little summary thought of what this meeting was about today. What's your takeaway? If someone were to ask you what, did, what was the conversation about today, this is what you would tell them. And then take that sheet before you leave. This is how we take attendance. You're going to put it in this gray box right over here. If anyone needs a pen, we've got pens right here extra copies of the Lord's Day booklet for anyone who wants it right up here in front. Okay, let's do our blessing after the meal. Let us bless the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forever. Let us bless our God of whose bounty we have shared and through whose goodness we live. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. Almighty God bless each of you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Go Chiefs. God bless you all. Thank you for your attention today.